0: You're listening to the tennis.com podcast and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey guys, welcome back to tennis.com podcast once again. Ed McGrogan and Steve Tigner um, taking our tennis question, I guess, not uh, not a call-in show of course. We had we had a question between Steve and I that we wanted to answer this week. You know, it's a week where there's not a, a really Big specific tournament to focus on. There's, you know, we're still we still are waiting for the very big hardcore tournaments to begin in August. Um, but the question that I thought was appropriate was, you know, was who has the most to gain this week amongst all of the uh, players in action? And I think it's I think it works because it's we're not lacking for star power either on a week of, you know, where there's not a big term. we you know, we still have Andy Murray playing, Grigor Dimitrov, players that we'll get into, um, lots of you know, Wozniacki on the women's side. Uh so for a week that, you know, has a has some events of, of good importance um going on mainly in the US. Maybe Steve I'll start you know, I'll I'll let you lead it off. You know, who's someone that as you as you look over these draws in Stanford and Washington even perhaps in Austria, that has uh, potentially a lot to gain on this week? Well, I think you, you know,
1: for the start with the men, um, I think you look at somebody like Kay Nishikori. He's the second seed in Washington. Um, He was hurt, as he often is, at Wimbledon. Had to pull out of Wimbledon, but he says he's he's back. He won a three-set match last night. you know, I think he was the finalist in the U.S. Open last year, so he'll he'll need to defend that, or or he'll he'll be thinking about that. Um, I, I was surprised that, you know, looking at him, that he hasn't done better in in any of these lead-up tournaments in the U.S. Open series. He really hasn't done that well in Masters events in general. Uh, it just seems like a point. You know, this is a tournament where there's only one of the big four, Andy Murray, is in it. You know, no Federer, no Djokovic, no Nadal, um, no Vavrink. It seems like this is a this is an opportunity for Nishikori. Uh, and it seems like a time when he should really be be taking the next step, as they say, and you know, winning an event like this or winning or doing better at, at hardcourt masters events. This seems like a, a time of the season when when he should play you know, when he should be playing some of his best tennis.
0: Yeah, he uh, he beat Duckworth last night. I I actually watched uh, the end of the Duckworth actually first round match because because Ryan Harrison was featured on it on Tennis Channel and um, so you know he got good billing of course in the U.S. and that uh, you know once again good billing for uh, Harrison didn't do him any favors. Uh, but that's a good point on Anish overall really where you know where we sense he may figure into. Um, the rest of this month in the open where of course he was a finalist last year, and that goes in pretty well to you know someone else who's in who's also in his section of the you know his half of this draw in washington which is a pretty it's it's a very good draw i mean you look at um it's a, there's actually sixteen seeds you know you have someone like a jack sock that's actually you know seated fifteenth um so there's a lot of depth actually in this in this draw and um I think it's it's a good to focus on this tournament for that reason, but the main reason I you know I bring it up Nishikori is because the player who he lost to at the U.S. Open last year, Marin Cilic, is is you know the quarter above him, and those two if they progress, they're the two and the three seed could meet in the semifinals. And um, Cilic, you know, when you look at when you look at his recent play, it's actually been very strong. He, you know, really since Roland Garros, um, where he, I think, uh, apparently, you know, has kind of a started playing better. B, gotten over the injuries that that really just derailed him for the first part of the year. And he reached the fourth round in Paris. Um, you know, at Wimbledon, he goes and makes the quarters, goes down to to Djokovic, um, four four and four, and then. But it's this time of year anyway, where where you know as we saw last year at Flushing Meadows, where Chilich obviously has the most potential. Um, he gets kind of kind of a mirror match in a way. Not to compare a query to Chilich's uh, resume at all, but he does you know face a similar type player in him next. But you know for for Chilich, I think this not not only just this week, but this summer in general, leading into the Open is pretty interesting for him.
1: Yeah, I think people have sort of forgotten about him, and then he had a good Wimbledon, like you said. He's, you know, he he got straight setted by Djokovic, pretty routine match. But, but um, I think Chilich said afterward that he was, you know, he was happy with the way he was playing. Uh, Djokovic really didn't give him much to work with, um, and he was looking forward to the U.S. Open, playing in the U.S. and in a way that he hadn't. You know, he felt better about his game than he has, you know, since last year really came down to one really good week for him last year he's, we, we we know we saw the potential there um, but it's sort of looking like you know maybe he's gonna if, if you know for a while it looked like he would never do anything like that again you know, what he did at the open but now it's sort of looking like he's gonna there's the potential there for him to to contend at the open again and he's played some good matches against Quarry in the past they played played a five-setter at wimbledon um so that that's an interesting matchup as well
0: yeah, and um and, you know, kind of looking over, you know, the rest of uh this D C draw, like I said, some good depth here overall. I think you know, I think there are a lot of players that, that we could, you know, call some attention to, um, you know, for various reasons. You know, we've we've kind of seen the you know, steady reascendancy of, of Victor Troitsky up to number you know, really kind of has come back well from um from a, a band absence from the tour. Uh, you know, we see you know, someone, I, I think, on the other side of the draw is is really more interesting, um, is Dimitrov, who I mentioned before, and who, you know, who if... He certainly hasn't fallen to the levels of where we've seen a Jeannie Bouchard fall this year, uh, but the comparisons, I don't think, are that dissimilar either. You know, they both really made made i you know i think made believers of of people last year and for 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 good reason i mean they played well on the biggest turn- at the biggest tournaments um i think most most people at that you know after twenty fourteen could were saying with some assurance that you know these are probably at some point two future slam champions and uh you know very different games of course but you know the 2015s have really followed you know a a similarly disappointing path, and Dimitrov most recently uh, has, has shed kind of everything from his uh, his team that includes Maria Sharapova for one, but it also probably more importantly includes Roger Rashid, his his coach that was given so much credit for bringing Dimitrov seemingly getting the most out of his game, and now. Um, you know, now he is, you know, down in the rankings a bit and we, I I don't think we really know what to say about Dimitrov a lot. So, you know, what, what thoughts do you have of him now as we move our way into August? Yeah, well, he, you know, to me, he looked kind of lost for most of this year. And I think
1: maybe we, maybe we can understand why now that, you know, he's, he, you know, he's now he's, he's, like you said, lost the two people who were, who were working with him or were close to him. Um, Sharapova and Rashid so he's you know he's sort of on his own now and you can sort of see maybe he saw that he saw those things coming I uh, since then he's tried to he's tried to work with Ivan Lendl apparently that that's not going to happen a coaching relationship that was a possibility people speculated about um
0: Lendl saying no to Burdich saying no to Dimitrov yeah. it's, it's yeah one time only it's a high standard right. um Dimitrov
1: you know I would think it, it almost looks, it almost seems to me like a, like a good opportunity, a good time for him. Um, he's, he's old and, you know, he's been around long enough and is old enough. You feel like maybe he's going to want to coach soon, but he can work without one and see, you know, see how he does. And, and, and it seems like a time for him to, to take control of his game and, and his career in a way that he hasn't in the past, um. The you know the game the talent is all is all there. I feel like he didn't he didn't show a lot of fire or 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 um, you know competitiveness this year. That that should you know that's something he can control and and bring back. And the, the you know the talent will be there. And he has a good draw in Washington. So um, so we'll see where he goes. Also, just DC in general, like you were saying, the tournament is really you know we've seen we've seen some some U.S. tournaments lost in the summer, Indianapolis and LA. But D C really has um you know, has really consolidated itself, it's become a bigger event almost you know, not masters level, but a, a good lead into the Masters with Clearly
0: see, clearly seems like the the top tournament below the Masters of you know, I, I think it's kind of undisputed at this point.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good you know, it's really made itself into a good leadoff for the for the US Open series, a, a significant a significant tournament. You know, you, you see it with the draw. You know, we didn't mention the best player in this tournament, Andy Murray, the top seed, um, who's come over a week earlier than normal. So, um, so you know, he's another obviously another interesting person to watch there.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I was gonna move move the way up the draw there. Um, I I find that uh, that you know we we actually just had a, a piece put up on the site that Pete Bota wrote on Murray and um, and I think. It's more interesting. I I would be curious actually to see you know what happens if the if a likely, um, Isner Murray quarterfinal were to happen because I I think I think from both sides of it I, I'm really just interested in in the outcome how these two play I think you know strictly from a who has more to gain that's clearly you know something from that Isner would have more to gain from and. It's uh, you know he just won the previous week in Atlanta. These are the kind of matches that invariably at these tournaments he runs into all the time. You know I shouldn't I should say with the exception of the U.S. Open because he runs into Philip Kohlschreiber in the third round all the time there <laughs> and 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 uh, but before that at the at the Masters events I mean he's done well he's done very well in Cincinnati, um, Canada I mean. He's he's usually good for a late round fixture against one of these top five six players, and I think it would be good a time as any now that you know you see what kind of rush Isner is playing off of in, in Atlanta, and then Murray obviously, you know he seemingly he surely has his reasons for coming to D.C. I mean, the crux of what Pete was saying in in his story about. Murray was that, you know, maybe really once you get past Wimbledon and this is almost Murray's comfort zone in the summer and and there you know the results do kind of back that out in a way and and maybe there's you know it, maybe it makes a bit of sense to see him in a tournament um, that you wouldn't expect him in. So for both of these two I am, you know, kind of hopeful that maybe that match materializes
1: yeah isn't there you know he's it's it's time for that month of speculation about isn't there a month of of hoping he can do something and and these are the tournaments where he can the two out of three set tournaments in the u.s on hard courts that's that's pretty much his comfort zone um i guess it in a way it's it's not a great sign that this continues to be the u.s hope each year it seems like you know it's a holding pattern for the for American men's tennis, you look you're you're looking for somebody like Jack Sock to to also get behind. You know, you you feel like Isner has his limits, um, or he, at least he's shown that in the past, and that you would you know you, you're looking for somebody new as well. Um, you know, it's great that Isner can has continued to be this consistent and has had a good year, but you really you want somebody else. You know, you also want Sock, and Sock is in this tournament. He could also um, he could he could do something in this tournament. He he will possibly play Richard Gasquet next. So you know that's another person to to watch here.
0: You know, and, and as we just talked about DC and about how it's become, you know, I, I think a, a very good event. You know, part of that is, is of course the the women's side of that too, and the city open. I think this is a you know one of the reasons. I was kind of confused as to why Tennis Channel is all in on this tournament. And I guess you, I guess you take what you can get, you know, that's, you know, I think one obvious thing. Um, and it's in the U S of course, but, but it isn't, you know, it's another dual gender event. That's kind of the, the, the direction most of the, really the sport has been headed in over the past five to six years. You know, the women's draw doesn't match up with the men's, you know, it's significantly smaller. The, um, the the competition this year is 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 nowhere near that level of Makarova as the number one seed. You did have um Bouchard and I believe Azarenka also pulled out of this. Um, one of them may have been Stanford, but I just can't remember. But one person I did want to make mention of um on this side was was another former U.S. Open champion, sort of along those lines of is Sam Stozer where you do you know you do have to really kind of know your tennis trivia to to recall that Stozer, you know has that US Open title will probably go down in history as one of these you know speaking of trivia questions is going to be one of the only people to have beaten Serena in a in a Grand Slam final that upset kind of looks better as time goes on and um Stozer has actually had a has sort of like Chilich come on pretty well since May or so, having won a couple tournaments, including last week in Austria. Um, And I guess I I guess I mentioned her because you know in particular you we're in this era or we're in this time where Serena is so obviously um, ahead of everybody else in the rankings that. It almost wouldn't seem a, it almost wouldn't seem a surprise to see anybody opposing, you know, go deep into a um into a tournament, a grand Slam tournament final. And at the French we saw that with Safarova at Wimbledon. We saw it with Muguruza that, you know, anybody is really fair game to kind of stake their claim, um, if they, you know, happen to perhaps be in a good side of the draw, and Stozer has the credentials to do it.
1: Yeah, Stozer... You know, she won her 500th match this week. That gives you an idea of, of how good she's been over the years. And maybe she doesn't get as much credit for that. She
0: singles but, and double. I mean, that's and that's 500. I believe just singles wins, or maybe it was she, both wins.
1: She but. beat. Um, she also beat. You know, like you said, she's one of the three people to beat Serena in a Grand Slam final. Venus, Sharapova, and and Stoser. And she wanted. She won. She won a clay court tournament. Um, so I think. Yeah, I think if you're looking for people who could pull an upset and, and sort of spoil the party for Serena at Flushing Meadows, Stoser, Stoser definitely has, has the ability. She's done it before. And, um, she has the game. She has the game for that.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, the rest of that draw, we have, um, some players of course, we'll be seeing at the open, you know, potential Corne, Stevens, you know, these are certainly players that might also fit that mold on the right day too. Um, you know, the other you know the the main women's tournament which traditionally it always has been you know as as stacked as um, as can be for an event this early is in Stanford um, but with Serena pulling out of that event that that's kind of fallen a little bit on the luster this week uh, but there is you know still a pretty heavy field there um, I think I think many of these players you could say are have a lot to gain this week um you know as you kind of look through this draw you know who are some that that stick out to you
1: i think you look at red wanska the second seed she's been a finalist here um she you know she had a hurt she had a terrible first half of the year and she had a good really good wimbledon um reached the semifinals again so you sort of look to see where she's gonna go is, you know, is she back to that that top 10 level that we that we're used to from her and also Madison Key she won her first match pretty easily um she's had a, some great results this year at the Grand Slam she'll come in with a you know top 20 ranking semifinals at the Australian Open quarterfinals at Wimbledon um all, you know A can she do it consistently week to week at a smaller tournament like this I, you know she hasn't really she hasn't shown that yet and B is she how you know will she be her best, coming to the U.S. Open when there'll be a lot of pressure, a lot of talk about her. So, you know, it's it, it, interesting to see where she starts this this sort of month long, this her her next month.
0: Curious also from from this event to see, and and these are more I think summer long or month long arcs as we head to the Open. Carolina um, Pliskova, who had who had such a great. Uh, start to this year, and you know, has been steady throughout. But ha- in particular, had a very, very strong opening part of uh, 2015. You know, kind of where does she sustain that into? You know, now that she's really back on hard courts, because that's where most of that those gains were made. Um, she'll actually play Date from who against you know somehow beat Sabine Lezicki, that that story just continues to never end. Um, I will say you should uh, all look ahead to something we have in the Heroes issue of tennis planned on Kamiko Date crumb, just something to throw in there. Um, And also, I guess, you know, it's it's another sort of mainstay in the later rounds of, of tournaments. Um, Grand Slam tournaments, but but a disappointing Wimbledon was was Angelique Kerber, and she actually could play Rodwanska, um tomorrow if both of them advance. So I think that's really you know potentially the match of the tournament that could happen uh, pretty early um, in in Stanford. And you know the the one other tournament that we haven't got to, I wanted to make mention of because it's uh it it's kind of a, a summertime tradition where someone it, it feels like someone always ends up going on a bit of a run in these events leading up to the open because there are a lot of tournaments there are a lot of tournaments spread out across across um the world and and for a while you kind of have some some draws that are that are ripe for the taking if if you play well enough um you you don't like Remembering what Del Potro did years ago to pretty much go almost unbeaten. I think he won four tournaments in a row. Pretty. This is in his much younger and much healthier days, of course. But um, So in Austria, you have Dominic Thiem, number one seed, Austrian born, of course. Uh, but, but most importantly, he's won two tournaments in a row and is potentially be, going to become... You know, maybe maybe what Dimitrov, in a way, kind of became last year. He did, You know, he's had the, the those in the know of the sport certainly were aware of of his potential, but he's really showing it pretty quickly. And you know, it's curious to see what he does this week, and then what he does when he comes to the U.S. Yeah,
1: you know, he um, in recent years we've had we've had winners, players who've won a few tournaments in a row, like you said over the summer and over those summer clay court tournaments. Uh, Fabio Fognini did it, um, but Team is something different. You know, he's he's not a guy who's just going to win a couple tournaments and then you won't then just sort of continue on his way. He's a guy who's getting better each year. He's 21 years old. He has a game that I think is is destined for the top 10. He's almost he's you know he's almost in the top 20 now, um, and maybe and a lot of people would say he's destined to win Grand Slams in the future. He has that kind of he has that kind of game. Um, and it, like you said, a sort of Dimitrov-esque game, big forehand, one-handed backhand, can play all court. Has a great serve. Um, I wrote earlier this year that I felt like he was representative of this new generation, sort of laboring in the shadows of the big four, slowly, stop-and-start progress, much slower than we're used to from from younger players, uh, and teams seem to be, you know, going along that path. But now he's really taken. Taking a leap in you know this this month, winning two tournaments. He didn't beat any any top five big name players, but just being able to complete and win two tournaments, I think, is significant. Uh, we'll see what he does with his third straight week. That'll be tough, but um, you know he, he had a decent U.S. Open last year, so he's another guy you're really looking for and hoping for to see something out of him when he when he gets to the U.S.
0: He's certainly someone that, if any of you are going to any of the August tournaments in 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 the states, um, that you would be wise to use your grounds pass and your and and spend your time away from the show court to catch whomever he happens to be playing because it's it'll be you know I've, it'll be worth your time if you've never seen him play. If you have, of course, you you know about. The one-hand backhand that he possesses, and just you know, it's more than that. It's it's a it's a very good game overall. It's a game that will probably keep him you know up in this upper echelon of the game for quite a while. Um, and it's always you know it always is good to uh, to to kind of say that you've 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 seen these guys you know before they really become these mainstays that uh, that that occupy the big ticket uh, matches, and it's just a little piece of advice I think we both give you there Um, I I wanted to close actually with something on uh, something from last week because you know with the way these podcasts are produced uh, sometimes they come in between usually come in between the weekend but I did want to mention Rafa who you know obviously we talked about a lot last podcast he goes on to win in Hamburg we'll see him again um, at the Masters events in Canada and Cincinnati, and of course the U.S. Open, um, but thinking back to the the piece that that you wrote on looking back at the weekend of from the Nadal perspective, it was it was clearly the takeaway from the week. Um, it was a win for Rafa. It was not a win that seemed to inspire any confident. Seemed to inspire anything. Saying that were ready for the you know the traditional Rafa surge and 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 this is the that was the kind of tonic that he needed to get back on board it w- it was still a week that mixed struggle but it also had some you know some highlights for sure as well and you know, I think the crux of your piece was was more or less that maybe this is the route that Rafa will be traveling from now on that that we always look we always kind of establish where rafa is at in his career and we're getting a pretty big sample size in 2015 that this is a more inconsistent nadal but someone who obviously can still reach those heights on the right day yeah
1: i think this tournament showed that you know in a microcosm he was he was up and down and had had different problems and different solutions as he likes to say during each match um didn't hit his forehand that well, didn't hit his serve that well, he had a shoulder problem apparently, but, um, and also lost some leads and looked a little nervous, more nervous than you might expect, uh, at various times, but still won the tournament. Um, and it's, it seemed to me that the most, you know, the most interesting things was, was that up and down aspect that he could come out in the semifinals and have, and be sort of play a vintage match and really move well against Seppi and then, but then couldn't, couldn't keep it up against Fognini. He still won the match, but it wasn't at that same level. It seems like his year has been that way. We there's been a series of matches where we thought, okay, now he's now he's back because we're used to him kind of finding his game and then dominating for a, for a, maybe a six month, nine month period. Um, and we there's been certain times this year when we said, okay, now he's going to now he's at that level and he's going to be in the top three. Um, You know, soon and and win Grand Slams again, but that hasn't happened. I feel like that's just a that's something when he's 29 now. It doesn't mean that he's never win any more Grand Slams or that he's declining or that he's going to not go back to the top five. I think I think he's he will, but I think if you're looking for that that turnaround and that that move right up to you know from number three to number one, the way he. The way he has in the past, that may not be something we'll see. Maybe it may be week to week struggles and and wins and losses. Um, you know that that seems more likely now from from Rafa. But overall, I think I described it as a glass half full week from him, the the good and bad. But then, if you come out with a win after all of that, in the, your biggest win tournament win since last year's French Open, you have to be. I think you have to be positive from from the doll side. Um, yeah, you,
0: and. Yeah, and one thing going forward on on Rafa, I I think it's worth pointing out is I wouldn't I wouldn't sell him short when it comes to this point of the year because I I think we I think a lot of people actually uh, more casual fans than anything are still clutching on to the 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 you know the the narrative that you know fast courts and Rafa are just not gonna they're just not gonna work out but this. You know this portion of the year has actually been some of some of the most successful that Rafa has aside from clay. Um, you know if if you from what I remember, I don't have the I just can't recall it off the top of my head. But but Canada has been one of I think one of his best majors aside from from the clay. And um, you know if you look at what he's done at the Open when he's actually when he's played. Uh, the U.S. Open. He didn't play in 2012 or 2014, um, but the past five times he has played the Open, he's reached the final four or better, um, and you can, you know, that only tells you, I think, so much, but but it's a pretty good way. It's a, it's something, you know, if you want to talk kind of glass half full for, for Nadal and, and, you know, where he potentially kind of fits in in a, in a month's time, um, I think maybe, you know, we just talked about who has the most to gain this week. I think maybe who has the most to gain the rest of this hardcore season is potentially Nadal because we've seen, you know, he's dipped so much farther in the rankings that, that he's been since we've known who he is as a player to begin with. And, you know, I guess almost wouldn't it be like Rafa to kind of turn this on its head and, and and see where things go. But like you said, I, I think it's clear that, that we're, we're seeing where Rafa is at now that he is, you know, pretty close to 30. Uh, but I think, you know, that all said, he does, uh, this month is in particular interesting for those Rafa fans. Yeah,
1: he's won in Canada three times in this, this yeah. year. Um, yeah.
0: He's been in, he
1: won his first big hardcore event Um in montreal in 2005 he beat agassi so he's got a good he's got a good history there and like you said he hasn't lost at the u.s open since since he lost to djokovic in the 2011 final he's only played it once but um but his record there has been has been good when he when he gets there you know in good health and i guess that points to the the most positive thing for nadal this year in general has been that he's healthy you know that that typically doesn't last all that long for him so but he's there right now and that 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 gives him, that makes him a contender automatically for the you know these next three tournaments. Uh,
0: I'll leave you with a trivia question. This is a good one, I think. Uh, who did Rafa beat to win the 2008 Canada Masters? I was at this tournament, so I know this. I did not look this up. He beat uh, Agassi in '05. That's correct. Did he beat Murray, or was that an earlier match? I know he played Murray,
1: or that was in Toronto. That, right?
0: That was in Toronto. Murray was earlier in that tournament. The f- certainly a surprise finalist. Go ahead, tell me. I don't know. From Germany. From Germany. Yep. Um,
1: I want I to say few... Nicol- Nicholas Kiefer, but I'm not. But
0: that's correct. Nicholas Kiefer, 2008. Uh. His, I was there for his moment in the sun. So, Well, maybe uh, Rafa
1: will remember that match. You know, he'd be inspired by that.
0: Yes. That's, that's <laughs> glass half full, exactly. Yeah. Um, very good. So, yeah, we'll um, keep in touch. Return on the next podcast with, obviously, some results from uh, from this past week and looking forward. But, uh, you know, with that said, appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Once again, Steve Tigner, Ed McGrogan. Thank you for listening to the Tennis.com podcast.
1: You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.